Welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. That was Buzzcocks and Promises, their brilliant 1978 single written by Pete Shelley and Steve Diggle. I've got the great pleasure to welcome Steve Diggle here today who talks about the full range of Buzzcocks material, his time as an ever-present member of the group and of course we remember Pete Shelley. So let's hear my chat with Steve. Hello. Is that Steve? Yeah. It's uh, Jason here for the Hello, podcast. Yeah. Uh, the podcast? Yes, that's all right, yes. So I'm in the studio, I've been recording something. Oh, no worries. So you've got a, a, a UK yeah. tour coming up in December. Yes, the 11th of December to the 21st. Um, you know, making a start then and we're bringing a single out as well, you know. I mean, obviously, yeah. in my lovely brother Pete down, we've had to adjust and let things settle. Yeah. And stuff. But most of the fans have been kind of, you know, willing me to carry on with it because I thought, do I carry on and just do my solo or mm. do I keep the Buzzcocks alive and beat Shelley songs alive and mine, yeah. A lot of people wanted me to carry on. I thought, well, I'm still keeping Pete alive and the Buzzcocks alive if I carry on, yeah. And also, we're going to move it forward a bit by having a new single, so it's relevant as well. Not just, We'll play a lot of great songs in the past, but start putting a couple of new ones in to keep it current. 
And Pete also yeah. said to me that um, before he died that last year, twice, um, go out and have the coffee. He was in my room having meetings. And he used to say, in one way, yeah. he's thinking to retire, carry on with my blessing, you know. And I used to say, like, you're not going anywhere, he's saying. But he said that twice yeah. last year. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of weird that he was saying that and then, you know, sadly he's gone and then. Gosh. So I feel like I've got his blessing as well, you know. Yeah, so it's that mix of celebrating his legacy and but also keeping things fresh and moving forward. Oh, absolutely, because the harsh reality is this. We've all got the memories. I was living 43 years. It's a lot of things to take. A musical partner, and we're very close as you know, friends. Mm. But now I'm still here. We've got to keep moving forward. You know, that's all we can do, isn't it? You know, he would want that, and yeah. um, that's the way it is. And so we're keeping it alive and carrying on, really. But can't kind of, kind of think like a memorial thing every time. Whatever. When we go out on this tour, we want it to be, you know, the band. Mm. Playing these songs and my songs and making it exciting and moving forward a bit. So you're a trio, basically just kept things as they are. No, we've got we've got another guitar, oh. so we four piece. It's just that um, we did the pictures of the three of us because okay. that's the current lineup, you know. Yeah. And uh, we have got another guitarist, but it's early days yeah. for them to fit in and stuff like that. So he's good and it all sounds good, you know, but um it's just like you didn't want to introduce a new member until it kind of fits in, you know what I mean? Makes sense. I guess uh, mm. there'll be a lot of Fuzzcox yeah. favourites, uh, some of the tracks that you wrote as well. Oh, yeah, we'll be doing all, a lot of classics. And also, we'll, um, some of the fans have asked for some some ones we haven't done for years and stuff. So Great. trying to put a bit of variety in with there. And also the two new songs that will be out for this single, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of good. But we'll be doing all, a lot of the classic stuff, some ones, some obscure ones, or whatever, some on Dunphy's, and the two new ones, so it's quite a variety, yeah. Yeah, it seems that the reason people still, that the Buscocks resonate today is basically that, you know, the, the music that you made was very direct, especially lyrically, so it still resonates with people. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're all kind of classic songs. When we was making them, you didn't know how long they'd last, but they still sound like they was made last week in a couple of days, you know. Yeah. They've been kind of come timeless, you know. It's that buzzcock kind of sound and just great songs that, that have transcended the years since it was made, you know. And a good song's always a good song, really. You know? It does become timeless, you know. Yeah. So we've got all them... Um, all the classics that people like. They're going to be bringing out a box set of uh, the later albums. So we'll do a couple of songs off there, plus the two songs yeah. off their new single, which still sound very much like Buscock's classics, a new single. Yeah. From the start, that combination of songwriting styles in, in terms of Pete, what Pete produced for the band and yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's that. I tried to make an obvious difference on my side after a while as well, and we did. Because I wrote Promises and Pete sang it and it, he wrote the I wrote the music in the chorus. Yeah. There was that side of each other as well. And Fast Cars I wrote the music in the chorus. And I think Pete and I wrote the words to the verse, you know, in the early days. Yeah. But then we started to do a little bit of separation. So so you kinda of complement each other and had a bit of a difference. We did complement each other in a lot of ways, you know. So it was a good combination, really. Um, mm. You know, you had your Pete's side and my side, you know, and um, it kind of worked 
separately and together, really. presents a song what would you and the band bring to it how far forward would be it in terms of its sound and and what how much did you add to that well the band was always magic we always had a great drum and great great bass and it was always tight so yeah. you always had this kind of buzzcock sound whatever whatever song it was it turned into a buzzcock song you know because they were great players but um there's other ones that everybody's happy nowadays mm. He played the chords and I played all them the riffs on it, you know. That ding, 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 and all that. That's combinations of combinations. And that's more than a riff. That's like half mm. a song, really. But what I'm saying is we put stuff like that on each other, you know. And I brought a lot of stuff to these songs, you know. We brought a lot of stuff to mine, yeah. But like the riff on it, mm, mm. like I say, the promise is um, that was my song and he sang it and yeah. all that, you know. But it worked that way. And there's lots of them with different things where. We have bits because Pete's known for this side of things and I'm known for the other, but there was a lot of crossover as well. I mean, my car touch, it started with my groove, the guitar, ding, ding, ding. That was my thing. Pete wrote the lyrics and then John Marr and Steve Garvey joined in, you know. I don't think Pete could have wrote a groove thing, you know, like that. That was definitely my guitar groove, but he wrote the great words, you know. And, and the bass and drums. Bass and drums on that work as well. Yeah, fantastic. But I started off with that guitar thing, and they came with that. Yeah. 
but yes, yeah, everybody it was great band for putting their bittings to make the song and all that. So a lot of different things. I like Paul Speed, I did all them riffs on that and stuff. Yeah. These are key things in adding to each other's songs, really. You know, there'd be no fast cars or mm-hmm. things like that if I wasn't there with that, you know. But you won't ever fall in love, I'm not in my head, you know. All good.
But I started to do a few more rocky yeah. ones at points because just to make the contrast. Yeah, um, there's a track called Sitting Round at Home that has uh, different changes of tempo that for yeah. me re- really works. Yeah, that's a good one as well. Isn't it? Yeah, well, people like that in America. I think some bands covered that in America as well. Yeah, and I like that when. Pete's voice comes in on the second yeah. thing with mine, the voices together. It's interesting what you say about America for that track, because I, I didn't know that, but for me, it, it's got a bit of that sound that, that some of the, the grunge bands, you know, like Nirvana kind of emulated. It's, it does seem like a, a direct influence on them. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I was always looking, as well as the linear ones, like I say, well, Fast Cars promises those kind of songs. You know, like the autonomy, like, a bit more experimental, different. Yeah. The groove on Why Can't Touch It, and um, and even the sitting round at home. I was often because Pete wrote a lot of straight ahead ones quite often, great classic ones, and then uh, I was trying to look for something a bit odd, you know, what I mean to to go with it, a little different avenue of things, you know. And sitting round at home, you know, that's a little bit different in a way, or a different tempo for the biscuits, you know. So I think of some other designer. But I was always trying to look for something where go off on a little avenue a little bit on someone, you know. And I guess Pete was in his way, you know, so um, on the tension album he did, yeah.
Buscocks have got so many anthems, and obviously Harmony in, um, in my head is, is one of those anthems. What was the genesis of that song? Did it start off with a lyrical idea, or was it a riff? I think that was one of those songs where the kind of chords came with the... Um, or maybe I got the chorus first. Um, hmm. But in front of them, it was all close together. I didn't just have the music and put the words on, but um, I don't know, maybe I had a bit of an idea for the chorus harmony in my head and stuff. It was a very complex song because I felt like there was a lot of like straightforward dialogue, you know. I walked down the road, I turned left, I turned And I read that James Joyce Ulysses book where yeah. it was all like cinematic imagery in that. It's, it's all like bits and pieces, what we see. And, you know, we're looking at a lot of things and we see a lot of things at once and receive a lot of information. So I, I tried to learn that cinematic way, you know. Mm-hmm. Tried to walking down the high street, and I think the Arndale Centre in Manchester has just been built. Yeah. Which um, was a little bit corporate distance, you know, it's a changing face of Manchester and part of the world, you know. When it starts off, whenever I'm in doubt about things I do, I listen to the high street where it sounds in a queue. Hmm. But what was funny saying that song, the harmony in my head was the sound of people in the town, you know, ah. your community. That. People think it's, you know, tuna, so, you know, something. But it was like, when you look at a crowd, they've all got the problems, they're all shot, and there's many things, but it's a vocal sound of them all, you know, of a town centre with the people, you know. Yeah. And um, it mentions a few things about being sucked in by consumers and this, that, and the other, or if you're in self-doubt, we've all got our problems. It's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? That's life, you know. It was just sound of all those people together in the cities, wherever they are, yeah. That's what I'm trying to get, go, no matter how bad it is, it's an amazing thing, all these people, you know. Mm-hmm. The harmony in my head was like, it's a beautiful thing, this, you know. People might have problems, people might feel great, whatever. When you look at a city, there's a million lives there when you walk down a high street, you know. So that was roughly it, really. I, I, the idea was to find get as many things in the song, image, little bits of images, flashes, as possible. Whereas the other songs would tell you a little bit more of a straightforward story, a little bit. So it's always easy, each song you try to do an adventure, you know.
But it was that some white shoes a girl from the chain store, which was to me politically important, you know. Asking yeah. why does she why is it she at one point in the chain store girl down and say, How did she get there and all the people get another nicer job or easier life? You know? mm-hmm. And I mentioned Bernstein's language by the way, language at home for working class people of those times was different from the classroom. So if a working class kid went in the classroom mm-hmm. Blinded by big words, they underachieved, you know. I thought if I slip that Bernstein's barrier in a song and somebody, some young kids listen, go, what's Bernstein's barrier here? And they find that it's better than just going, you know, the moon in June, I love you, you know. But that was quite a little complex thing goes on in him songs, mm. you know, I mean, sometimes. Mm. Try to put little bits in. You know, that's the idiosyncratic thing of Buzzcock's song. We made them very simple, but it was very complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the art of it, yeah. And that's the hardest thing to do. It is, yeah. Chekhov said uh, simplicity is everything, yeah. And it is the hardest thing to do, mm. but we, we try to put little odd things in like that. But the chainsaw one meant something to me for those reasons. But lots of others have got things like that, you know. Uh, yeah. Little things that relate to us as human beings, you know. So I think the buzzcocks, it's like when you hear the music, it's like talking to us in a pub in some ways, or me and Pete are talking in the pub, and it's like we're kind of talking through the speakers like that. You know? It's they knew we were human, you know. You know, I think people relate to us as like, we're not bullshitting them or something. You know what I mean? It's like mm. we're on the same level communicating, you know. In a way, you know, it's that human thing, human condition thing with the buzzcocks. You know, with Pete's league talking about Romance sometimes and all that that everybody can relate to in, that. in a real way, you know. That thing where it clicked with people, it's like, wow, he's talking to me like a friend and something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like some of those rock stars singing about, you know, Malibu or somewhere, yeah.
Why She's a, a Girl from a Chainstar was one of the last tracks you did in, in at that time with, with uh, Buzzcocks. Um, Flag of Convenience, I think that the first single that you had there was Life on the Telephone. Do you think that the the music you made went after the Buzzcocks might have been the direction that Buzzcocks would have gone? Or do you think that having Flag of Convenience just give you even more freedom? Um, nobody was. It suddenly it turned into the 80s when we split up. Yeah. Nobody was really interested in guitar, suppose, which was quite a shock because it's like, where are all these people now? And now? You know, and the world had changed. There was computers coming and mobile phones on the way. And um, I made the line from the telephone mm. because I thought, it's got to be a little bit in keeping with what's going on, you know, that kind of little bit of H sound, you know. Yeah, but not too much. No, because I had a deal with Sire and I told Seymour Stein uh, I've made like the pop single, you know, mm. with the nice little guitars and stuff. It was a cool track that they thought it should have got a, mm. one of us so it should have been a hit and that, you know. But I don't know. But then I told them I'm going to do an album called The Accused. It's going to sound like the Stooges. Now in 1982, <laughs> that didn't go down too well, you know. <laughs> I bring my, that was like um, the wooden horse and I was still trying to bring the roots out. Oh, 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 oh,
I left the studio, it was time for that, uh, you know, uh, siren there. And I went out and uh, I did a lot, a lot of weird stuff, which you can find on Cherry Red, the best of Steve Diddle and Tiger Convenes. Yeah. And then um, I experimented with a lot of things, you know what I mean? But the last thing I was going to do was be the Buzzcocks, you know. It's like, we'd split up, what's the point trying to pretend to be the Buzzcocks, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I tried a lot of things and some interesting moments on that end. Best of one, Cherry Red. One of the last tracks from the Flag of Convenience era was Tomorrow's Sunset. Yeah, that was good. I mean, it was the dance era of the Hacienda and all them kind of things. That was kind of a little bit of nod to the dancing bit, wasn't it? Yeah. But I, I went off in all kinds of places. Like I found that Best of CD. Yeah. I'm doing all kinds of things. So it, it was kind of nice to be let loose and then paint with different colours and stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, I did my solo stuff in between all the last irreplicable sculptures. Loads of songs kept coming. And it also meant like I could try different things in a way. Even though I loved the book dogs, it was nice to do all these other albums. Yeah. yeah. So the tap was flowing, the creative tap now. Mm. So it's some great stuff there really, I think.
For me, it's an art. Just got to keep going. And, you know, there's a box set of four CDs there, yeah. You know, a lot of people like them, but they're not as known yet. But one day they will know that here of them. There's some great tracks like the the title track uh, from Inner Space Times, which is only yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, well, that that was an album. That, you know, the first one was like the rusty first album, Some Realities. Then they had the um, Serious Contender one, which was like, I wanted that to be uplifting and rocky, you know, lift people's spirits and that amount. Mm. Getting life's existential functioning and have it, don't go down. That was like my rocky two arm. And then at air conditioning, which was a political um, mm. political inhalation we're breathing in. And when that came out, all the students were on strike at that time. So I thought my antenna was in the right place. And then after mm. that, I thought, why are we looking at all these politicians? You know, we could be our own presidents and if we can run our own bodies, that's a good place to start. And not keep looking for them to save our lives and waste time hoping mm. they'll sort our lives out. Just like with Brexit, three years of waiting for, you know, all that kind of stuff. And also, I thought it'd be great to turn your back on all the politicians and you wonder what you're doing. You know, if you haven't got an audience, you're fucked. You know? hmm. But in the space times, it's like, um, yeah, that title, Jack, mm. he's got a vacuum cleaner on you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, 16, they'd go out drinking and I'm, on the Sunday morning, my mother would be hoovering outside the door. And when you got a hangover, it's not very good, you know? Yeah. So I recorded the vacuum cleaner behind the door and um, had a nice stereo system. And I played it back to her, that massive hoover noise at about 50 watts, you know? Hmm. But I didn't realise that was that early experimentation. So I was telling this story when we was in the studio in a space science. And that was the title track a little bit open, you know? It wasn't mm. zone for things. And uh, the other guy that was producing it, we found uh, a Hoover, one of Henry's a Hoover, <laughs> in the corridor down the road. So I just told that story. I didn't think... We... So next thing, we brought it in and we put that on, you know. <laughs> it was a funny scene seeing him stood there, like, switching a Hoover on and it was on the track, you know. <laughs> and the, the Henry the Hoover's in the key of G, if anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> but it's some little thing. She's got a computer in the end sound, but that's all. Some of the great songs on there, I can't promise him anything today, the yeah. acoustic moan, you know, which is yeah. the other side of Steve Diggle, that acoustic sort of deepness or whatever, you know. And to be honest, I was looking forward to doing a new album with Pete before he went, we were thinking about it, you know. But it's all that, while you're alive, I just thought to write and get as much out as I can. Yeah. And that's what I do, I enjoy. So that's been the journey up to now, yeah.
There's some great latter period Buzzcocks tracks, you know, like uh, Six City sometimes. Um, yeah. Will you be playing some of that material on, on the tour? Oh, yeah, we're playing Six City and People Are Strange Machines. We've been digging a lot out of that. Some people have said, that, you know, you're not playing stuff of your late ones. So we, we've been rehearsing a lot. There were a few different ones at each time. We play a lot of the classics, but we've been some of them others. But Six City sometimes, I think it's great. For me, I throw that one in. Yeah. And the lyrics are good in that as well. When you don't know who you are, you're walking with a scar in the places that are breaking down your mind. Complicated papers of people on the way, mirror buildings reflecting in your eyes, you know. And um, before I finished the end of the song, the Twin Towers came down. So at the end, it says, Arrows building, straight before falling, try to cover us all in the name of something zero on your mind, you know. Gosh. But it started a song about being alienated from the city. But the fact the Twin Towers came down shows how fragile they all are. And within seconds, you should just go down like that. Plus the fact it's a bit rocky. Yeah. 
Buzzcocks album The Way from about four or five years ago still showed that there was so much more to do with the Buzzcocks. As you say, uh, tracks like People of Strange Machines or even uh, Chasing Rainbows yeah. Modern Times. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on that album, aren't there? You know, the thing is, I think sometimes you get half the audience that remember ever falling up when they first got married or something, you know. And you get the solid fans that know about the later album and all that. Mm. I mean, personally, when I follow a band, you follow them. You don't just stop at like a couple of hits, you know what I mean? Uh, but I think we've been blessed with a lot of the audience yeah. knowing that. But um, yeah, that's uh, the way, you know, still sounded like things to be done, don't they, really, you know? Um, but they are going to bring out uh, modern and um, the way and a few was in a box set soon. Mm. There was a few the black album as well, wasn't there? And, um, uh, you know, all them later albums. Yeah, modern's a modern's a good one. Yeah, it's all them things on there where we took it a little bit, like you know, in a different way, didn't we? You know, still buzzcocks, but we've got them somewhere else for that mm. one. So when that comes out, I think it might make sense uh, if people get that when they see. So that like four albums together. What we did on the last half of Buzzcocks Life, you know, you know, it's well documented the first three albums or whatever, so it's been four, with all the hits in that early time. And that's what people know us for. But that second half, that's been a great year as well, you know. And I think it's still open to discovery by new Buzzcocks fans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's like like modern and all that and that black album is loads of stuff. Six cities on there. Mm. There's a load of stuff on there, you know. Um so that box set makes sense in terms of that's what we did for the second half of the journey. And now this now this new single, the first two songs, kept it kind of in that bus yeah, yeah. vein at the moment. The A side's very popular, I promise is what do I get thing. And the B side's a bit more of that Every rocking bus hook, you know. Will will that be released uh, before or after the tour? The uh, new single. By the time of the tour, that will be great. It's already bought in the sleeves, then, and hopefully they'll have them press when we start the tour. I think, you know. Um, so that's that's a good thing as well. When we start the tour, you've got that something new there, you know, as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's like something fresh and alive really. yeah. it's not yeah. like we're just going to go back and go well wasn't it great in the old days yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we know that we're always proud of that and we'll always do them things I'm 
to close and I think to, to link in with the talk coming up, obviously you'll be, you'll be playing uh, many of the, the songs that Pete wrote. Is there a particular track that will particularly be, I don't know, emotional or will you particularly think of, of Pete while while you're playing? Oh, Pete will always be with me there, you know what I mean? He, he, um, yeah. We always had a problem deciding which tracks we like, really, because like, like choosing your favourite kid, there was all our babies, you know? Mm. Certain ones have got like a great riff you play, or certain ones have got a good tune and all that. But um, yeah, you know, I'll be singing them, and it'll be there in mind. You know, and for me, they've got a lot of memories. You know, when it was recorded, and where we were at then. You know, mm. and a lot of our associations. You know, my me and Pete's association together, million things. You know, so they'll always be there. But and um, I've been in quite a lot of them. You know, fiction, romance. What do I get? And all that. In Paul Speed, uh, I mean, we've been doing a lot of them really. It's just building up a set now as a mixture of all, all of it. But they're all there. It feels like the Pete ones, you know, they've been part of my life as much as his in a way, you know, and same my songs are in, you know. So it'll be, I'm doing them in his memory as well, you know. Yeah. It'll be in my heart and soul when I play them, you know. I'll be doing them going, this is a great song. My mate, Mr. Pink Shelley, and I'm honoured to play it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is, you know, for the people, aren't they, and all that. Some of them songs, well, you know, 43 years have been my life, and all the band's lives. And it keeps his memory alive, and I'm doing the service of that, saluting him. Yeah. So there will be that. I mean, he'll always be there, really. I mean, I know he'll be there with me. I mean, we started and we there the whole journey, and um, yeah. that was our life. Sadly, he's gone, but... He's still there. Anything to do with Boscocks is to do really with me and him, you know what I mean? Mainly because we've been for two years. So he'll always be there, you know. And um, you know, I, I'm just doing what I can, you know. If he was here now, they'd carry on to see all the memories of him. So it's all there, you know. So um, he'll be there with us, you know. So it's all good, it's all good you know what I mean? And um, yeah. we only want that positiveness, you know what I mean? It's like we've got to go, go forward. Life goes on, you know. You've got to keep moving on. We've got all the memories. We've got everything there. We've all got to keep... Well, we don't want to do a gig where it's a funeral service, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's like we're alive, we're celebrating that. Yeah. Because one day I'll be fucking dead as well, you know, so I'm celebrating while I'm... Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I'm, we haven't been out since being gone, and I'm reaching out to the fans that are coming, the ones that we've played to for years, a lot of them, and so let's share this together, you know, it's the gigs. It needs some of the songs, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's share all this, what we had, and we can still do it at the moment like that, you know. So it's no good coming negative and moaning, you know. So I want to see some positivity out there from these people. People that realise that they're all going to die one day, so let's be alive for an hour and a half at the gig, you know. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's life, that's a fact. So while you're alive, get down there and enjoy it. If you know the meaning of death, therefore you know the meaning of life, and then you start living, you know. So that's what we've got to do, you know what I mean? Can't go backwards in life, you know. I mean, the great thing about life, one thing that's consistent is change. Nothing stays the same. Absolutely. One consistency in life, it changes all the time, you know. Never been the same. So with that idea in mind, it's like, gotta all be there for every moment, you know what I mean? One day they'll all be so let's get on with it. Yeah. Keep moving. Celebrate the music. Have a good time. Absolutely. We've got to celebrate all that's been like celebrate the music and 
celebrating the music of Pete Shelley and mine. Yeah. And he's keeping him alive as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. All right, and cheers. I'm glad you're a bit informed about the tracks and the latest stuff as well. That's of really course. nice, yeah. No, brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cheers then. Okay. Thank right, you then. very much. Cheers. Bye. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Wanna love her like any other What do I get? I only want a friend who stay to the end What do I get? What do I get? Oh, what do I get? What do I get? Oh, what do I get? I'm in distress, I need a caress What do I get? I just need a break What do I get? What do I get? Oh, what do I get? What do I get? Oh, what do I get? I only get sleepless nights Along here in my heart Then the interest in the time I try It's always that only happens to me Instead, what do I get? for listening to the strange brew podcast if you do like the show please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online it's been almost 10 years since i started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time all your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests to support me just go to the strangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the home page thank you very much Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.